0: I have the privilege of seeing people experience diet culture and have it go horribly wrong almost every single day, you know? And and so do you. So it's it's um it's not that it's it's all bad, but it I I truly believe the enemy is behind it because I think that, right, the enemy wants to come to steal, kill, and destroy. And diet culture is, I mean, it might sound extreme, but when you look at eating disorders and how deadly of a mental illness it is it's not far off to say that that's the the enemy's plan behind using diet culture to just bring bring us all down so yeah diet culture is that marketing of um you know the marketing you see for weight loss programs and just um the fat talks
1: the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey, hey friend. Today, I'm having an important conversation with my friend, Nicole Masita. She's a registered dietitian. She's worked both inpatient and outpatient as a dietitian in clinical settings. And she's part of a group that I think is really cool. It's called Body Be Loved. So you can look them up on Instagram or online. It's a Christian faith-based health blog. But Nicole and I go to a hard place today because this is a big, big fear in our culture, this fear of fat. And we're going to talk about the data. You'll hear that in just a minute. But I hope no matter what you are struggling with, body size, body weight, body image in general, no matter what body issue you feel like you're having this week, I hope you listen to this because I think... There's great information that Nicole provides, great truths like the one in the introduction about what diet culture is telling us and how the research may not actually match all of these messages we've heard our entire lives. Oh, it's mind-blowing. It's frustrating, too. It's hard. And so, friend, if you're struggling Get help. My new coaching group is going to start a month from today, April 4th, that week. I'm going to start. I have several people signed up already. I'm really looking forward to this group, so I hope you'll consider being a part. The group ends before summer, so if summer is a big trigger for your body image issues, this is the time for you. So get the information at comparedto.me slash body-image-coaching or just go to the compared to who.me page and go to the coaching tab and look under it for group coaching and you can find out more about it. But I would love to have you be a part of that group. Our first meeting is the end of this month. So get in so we can hang out. Here's today's episode. Nicole, you're going to help me dig into this. Our, our series is conquering our fears. Let me just tell everyone we're, mm-hmm. we're the next couple of weeks we're talking about conquering our fears. And I don't mean like your fear of spiders. (laughs) Okay. I I don't have anything for you there. Um, but I, I mean the fears we have related to this body image and food stuff. So Mm -hmm. today, Nicole, you and I are going to talk about conquering the fear of fat, which Mm -hmm. is probably the biggest one of all, Mm -hmm. but we're going to talk about conquering the fear of bread, And maybe a couple of you are like, that's crazy. I don't have that fear. But the rest of you are like, I know exactly why she would do that episode. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about um, lots of different fears, fear of other people's acceptance, that kind of thing. But today, Nicole, you and I, we're going to dig into the fear of fat. Now, let me just give everyone a little bit of like Statistical data here, because mm-hmm. you may be listening and thinking, "Well, no one's really afraid of fat," but I, I don't think you are. Because here's why: mm-hmm. Psychology Today did a study a couple years ago of their thirty thousand of their readers. Okay, thirty thousand people—that's a huge sample size for those of you that are scientists. Okay, mm-hmm. and sixty-three percent of women and forty-four percent of men said that they had some level of fear of fat wow. among. 10 year olds. There was another study mm-hmm. of 10 year olds, 81% of 10 year olds said they were afraid of fat. Now I can kind of get it with the women and men, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know what we've grown up with and you know, what we've, what we've learned through the culture and through something called diet culture, which we're going to talk about today, but the 10 year olds, right? like what what's going on there? So I don't uh, initial thoughts, Nicole. Like, what is this fear of fat thing? Like, why are we so afraid of it? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and just to kind of your initial question of the ten year olds, yes, that is very real. I mean, I am a registered dietitian working in the field of eating disorders, and I routinely have kids that young. Um, on my caseload referred to me, even if I don't, you know, work with them, like it, you know, in my um, cohort of other, you know, clinicians, it's not uncommon for yeah. us to be seeing kids that young. And I, I think that the fear that those 10 year olds are facing, they're learning it from somewhere. Right. And, you know, that they're learning it from adults, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, because we are all obsessed with weight and, um, they're learning it from the culture around them, telling us that fat is bad. And just, you know, I appreciate you when you brought up this topic, you didn't shy away from using the word fat. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that fat is like the F word, right? It it is, it is, (laughs) it's a bad, it's like a bad word in our Mm -hmm. culture, but the reality is it, it's not bad. It's not a bad, and that's what we're going to be talking about is, you know, is fat, is it really bad? And is it something that we need to be feared? And, um, and I'm sure the the listeners are probably hearing what you're saying and they're when they heard you say the word fat, they were like, oh, like some people, that's how they react when you say the right. word fat. And, you know, we're trying our best, you know, people like you and me are trying our best to reclaim that word as just a descriptor of right. the body. Cause God never said fat is bad. Right. You know, he never claimed, he never said anything about our body size was bad. Right. Um, so yeah, so I appreciate you saying it, saying it how it is and um using that word and uh, you know like us all trying to reclaim that word. And um you know when you're talking about the statistics I remember years ago hearing this um statistic and I'm I don't remember exactly what it was so don't quote me but it was something like um Like most women would rather be hit by a truck than be fat. Have you heard that one? Yeah. Or something like if you had the choice
1: between like being fat or I don't remember what the juxtaposition was, but it was something where it was pretty severe and everyone took the other one, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. anything,
0: but anything, but being fat, anything, which is so incredibly heartbreaking and sad that people feel that, that there is no option, right? right? You cannot be fat. And, um, you know, what, what I'm trying to do, what you're trying to do is trying to educate people on, you know, the importance of being healthy and letting our weight fall where mm. our, you know, genetics, which is God-given mm. our God-given genetics. We're supposed to, um, have us land all along. right? So,
1: right. And it's so subjective too, right? Because so, I have yeah. clients, that are wearing very, very, very small sizes Mm
0: -hmm. that are
1: afraid of fat, quote unquote. And -hmm. then I have clients that are wearing other sizes and are afraid of fat, right? So it's, it's it's just this amorphous thing,
0: yeah. It's <laughs> right. Not,
1: it's not selective. Yeah, right. you're not you're
0: not immune to it at all. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing, you know, you were just saying about how like it's a bad word now, and historically, right? Like you were you were wealthier. Or you were right. more attractive mm-hmm. if yeah. you had fat on you, right? right, um, right. Amy Carlson and I talked about this a little bit in an episode we did a couple of weeks ago, just like with the Daniel fast, right? Yeah. And so if you haven't yeah. listened to that episode yet, and you're listening to this one, go listen to that that, that one. Was next. A good it's one. really I good. To it. Did and you?
0: Amy's- Amy's a genius, so yeah, she I'm, she really is, one. She's, she's amazing, I'm glad <laughs> you re- two connected, yeah, too. oh, we totally connected, you guys like, are like kindred spirits, we we really are, I'm like, can you just be on the show, like, every week, because that'd be cool, <laughs> we just moved to California, so I can just get coffee with you every single week, yeah, I totally agree, I but know. we were talking about just how, like, at the end of the Daniel fast, they were
1: fatter in appearance. And like that's it, that word, that verbiage is in the Bible, in the ESV, and some other translations too. You NIV people won't see it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but you know, it's there and it wasn't a bad thing, right? It was a good thing. Right. They needed to mm-hmm. be fatter in appearance. But mm-hmm. our culture has told us a different story about fat, right? Our culture has told us two different things. And so let's let's start with the, I don't know, the elephant in the room, Uh, I guess that's the best analogy, right? The big one is, well, I can't be fat because fat is bad because fat is unhealthy. Fat will kill me. If I'm fat, I'm going to live a shorter life. Okay. So, so talk to me about that. Cause I know there's data out there that doesn't necessarily support that, even though that's what most of us have been brainwashed with. So, so fill that out for me.
0: Yeah. 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 And you're not, You're not, that's not what God's, um, you know, final word is about fatness. You are not going to, you know, I'm not going to say, um, you know, you're not going to die because you're fat, but that's not what the, what the research is telling us. What the research is telling us is that, um, there is correlation with people that have, um, you know, larger bodies. There's some correlation that, um, They are at a greater risk um, for different diseases, such as diabetes, metabolic syndrome, all the all of those types of diseases. Now, the you might you're probably thinking of that and being like, okay, well, that means that I should do whatever I can to not be fat, so then I don't get those diseases. Okay, sure. Yeah, you can do that. However, What the research tells us is that 95 to 98% of those that attempt weight loss will um, eventually within two years, is what what the research tells us, they will eventually gain that weight back and they'll gain more weight back. And what I've seen, not just from the research, but just personally working with people who have um yo-yo dieted their whole life tried to gain tried to lose weight because their doctor wanted them to for their cholesterol for their diabetes for their blood pressure tried to tried so hard to lose weight lost weight and then um maybe those lab markers improved and in some of them they did and they were great things were great they were happy then what happens within two years they gain the weight back and they gain more weight back And it's not because they lack self-control. It's not a self-control thing. It's not a self-discipline thing. This is the way that our bodies were designed. Our bodies were designed to to go into starvation mode when we are reducing our intake, when we're reducing our caloric intake or or a, um, a food group. That is a natural part of things. And so it's only natural that when we start to, Um, you know, eat normally again, or maybe we're not, you know, exercising as much or as hard, then we get we tend to gain the weight back, and that's what all humans do. And it's very, very small percentage of humans don't actually do that. And so, by telling people, hey, you're fat, and your fatness is causing your disease, and you need to get rid of your fatness so that you don't have your disease, it's actually hurting people even more because. Those lab markers get inflated even more when they t- attempt it the second time around, I mean it's it's um, it's it's really um, sad to see because these people are trying their absolute best they' they want to be healthy, they're trying their best, but in all their strength and all their might, they can't outsmart their biology we none of us can we can't outsmart it and so um, yeah, so then you know what do we do then if we're trying to be healthy, but not, um, um, but not attempt weight loss um, in this world that we live in where everyone it's cause it's really not about health at that point. Right. 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 It's about man. And I want to fit in to what them and you'll probably talk about this more in your comparison episode but like then it's then it's what it's really about is oh I want to it's not really about my health it's I want to appease man and I want to appease the this it becomes an idol the weight the the weight becomes an idol Mm -hmm. right but I want
1: to back up a minute because in some ways like I get emotional sometimes, but in some ways, like just as you're talking, like my heart hurts Mm -hmm. because I know how hard it is. Like I've watched family members do this for decades, you know, I've watched them, the weight creeps up. They mm-hmm. go on the you know now it's Optavia it but Optavia used to have a name called Metafast, right? <laughs> um, oh, is
0: that what what
1: happened? If you research Optavia, it used to be Metafast, and so oh, I grew up watching family members do Metafast, okay, mm-hmm. right? And then come off of Metafast and gain more weight than they had before. Like right. like this has been my experience watching this, mm-hmm. and I know I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. In that. And I know someone listening today, because I know my audience is a wide age range, Mm -hmm. someone out there, like, this is hard to hear. Oh, yeah. Right. Because Mm -hmm. this has been something you've been pursuing for so long. Mm -hmm. Right. Hoping that the next diet will be the one that works, the one that finally sticks, the one that helps you Mm -hmm. feel free. And I mean, I talk to people all the time and I know you do, too, Nicole, that like, okay, they found intermittent fasting and it was like so awesome for them for like three months and then it stopped working and then things started to change and it wasn't what it was before and then or they found keto or they mm-hmm. found like it, there's always something new right mm-hmm. and and it is hard i think to come to the point where you're like wait a second what's right. the definition of insanity Right. Exactly. Right. I mean, and and I say that Mm -hmm. as gracefully as possible, right. Because I've, I've chased, (laughs) I've chased that train too. Right. But it's like, what is the definition of insanity? But then, but then you've got such a loud message from culture saying, unless you fix this, you're Mm going to, you're going to die early. And, and then You know, what I've read, there's a book called Health at Every Size. I know you're very familiar with it, more familiar with it than I am even, because I'm reading it for the first time now. But Mm -hmm. I noticed in that book, the study, and maybe you can fill this out a little bit more, putting you on the spot because I know you don't have it in front of you. But, But there's a study that actually shows that the most unhealthy thing for you is having your weight fluctuate. That much right. Like, like so, even unhealthier than carrying around that extra, you know, 20, 30 pounds, whatever it is, is having your weight go down and then up and and then down and then up. Right. Mm -hmm. And but that's probably hard for someone to swallow too, right? Like Nicole, how do you help people who just like that's just really hard to hear? How do how do you encourage, encourage that person? Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.
0: The weight fluctuation thing, I just want to speak to that really quick cuz that's the cortisol, which is a stress hormone. So when we go when we go on a diet, it's stressful. It puts stress on our body and and cortisol is a natural, you know, it it causes us to store fat to gain weight and so that's if people are wondering why that's happening that's why is because of that cortisol hormone so um so yeah so what would I say to someone who you know is like well this there's there's no hope for me and and that's that's just not true there is that diet culture wants you to believe That there's no hope for you and that you are not worthy and accepted and healthy if you are fat and it's just not true. Um, I can tell you from a research, um, you know, background that it's absolutely not true because um, if you look up the study, the obesity paradox, it'll actually tell you that those that live the longest are people Um, with a overweight BMI, not, not those with the, you know, really, really high ones or not those with the really, really low ones, not the outliers. It's those with the overweight BMI. And I'm not saying that those, um, the people that have the really high BMIs are, you know, doomed. And I'm not saying the people that are, have the really low BMIs are doomed, but that's just what they're finding is that there's actually a correlation that if you um, has extra weight on you then you will live longer mm-hmm. than those with a normal bmi yes. um, what the research is telling us is that those that drink in moderation that don't smoke that live active lifestyle so doesn't mean that they're doing um, you know crazy workouts all the time it just means they're active you know they they walk their dog regularly mm-hmm. they go to the park with their children they um, ride their bikes, those, those types of people, um, people that eat a wide variety of foods. So those that aren't dieting, they're eating fruits and vegetables, they're eating all food groups. Um, those are the people that no matter where their weight falls, they can still be healthy. Mm -hmm. And, um, and if, you know, if you're out there and you're finding, hey, I am doing all of those things and I still have type one, type two diabetes. I still have metabolic syndrome. You know, I have these health problems. What about me? And I would just encourage that person, like find a, um, a non-diet registered dietitian like myself, like Amy Carlson um, yeah. and find, find those because we can help you without focusing on the weight. Right. Um, because the, the, the weight is just a distractor and it's making, it's making you unhealthy. So all of that to say, you know, well, what is, what does God think about fatness? Mm-hmm. You know, what, why, um, you know, the research is saying it's a, it's okay, but what does God actually think of it? Cause a lot of people equate fatness with gluttony, right? right. That's right. kind of the, Um, And I wrote a whole blog on that, Um, but that's kind of what the core, where it gets correlated is fatness and gluttony. And it's, you know, gluttony is, if you look up the definition, it's, it's not, has nothing to do with fatness. It's habitual greed Mm -hmm. or in doing something in excess. Mm -hmm. So if you're not living out your, your calling and you're not living out what God has called you to do, you're not stewarding his gifts. Well, that is, um, gluttony, mm. but gluttony isn't occasionally sitting on the couch and eating fish food, ice cream, yeah. or, you know, eating Thai food until you're really full. That is not gluttony. That's yeah. occasionally you're, you're, you're overeating like, like we all do. And God has yeah. grace for those things. Yeah, You know, if you're, how is overeating Thai food one night? How is that lacking, taking care of your family or something? Excuse right. me. <sighs> well,
1: I, I think about, okay, well, first of all, what, what is fish food ice cream? <laughs> what flavor is that? Because I oh think I need to know about this.
0: Oh my what gosh. fish what? Food? what is fish food? Ben and Jerry's fish food ice but cream? I, is it like
1: with the P-H-I-S-S? Yes, you need to, okay. I've seen it, but I've never tried it because yes, I'm pretty like so straight, like, you know, the cookie brownie dough mashup thing. I can't remember what it's <laughs> that called. Um, I can't remember what the name of that is like the, the great divide or I don't yeah, know. They have but, such
0: clever names. Yeah. The fish food, fish food, ice cream is so good. Okay, it's well, so good. You have okay. to try it. I'll,
1: when it. I'll take that yeah. under advisement, uh, <laughs> but, yes. but, but I think, so you, you said a couple of things there. I'm trying to say if I want to back way up or so. let's, let's, let's start, let's start where you just were, um, gluttony. Mm-hmm. So I read an, I think it was a gospel coalition blog post where the author actually said, I don't know if you saw it, the author actually said that, um, thinking about food too much, as in even if you're restricting, because when yes. you're restricting, you're thinking about food too much, like that that could be in the category of gluttony. And that was the first time I'd read anything like that. I was like, yeah. mm, that's that's kind of an interesting thought process. Yeah. But you know, when it comes to intuitive eating, and I'm kind of trying to trying to take some of you listeners on a journey more towards intuitive eating, but it's a scary journey. I get that. Like, yes. like, yeah. ooh, I can't be free. Like, ooh, food is scary. Mm-hmm. Like, I get all that. And so that's, you know, we're walking gently together here. But I think that that is a fear in intuitive eating, because if I'm really hungry and it's a food that I really love, I'm going to eat all the things and then I'll be gluttonous and then I'll be right back to sinning Mm -hmm. again. But I love how you said that, like, it's not just that there's grace for it. it. That's not in a, like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, it's okay to mess up. God, God will give you grace and forgive you. That's not, I don't think that's what you're saying. I think what you're saying is that it's very natural for yes. us to have more hunger at some times and less hunger at other times. Absolutely. And, and even biblically, you know, we mm-hmm. see that they feast, right? And yes. I
0: don't think I yes. think when Look they go to the feast, of Acts. they yeah. eat they eat more, right? They're gathering like everyday to, t- thing. together in temple courts and they're feasting. All uh-huh. right. Right. So that's not every
1: single day, but, and and we, you know, culturally, you know, we celebrate with food all the time. And, but those are the times, you know, those are the times that maybe we probably feel more guilt around feasting, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I overeat the holidays again. Right. But then maybe, maybe that's something we're putting on ourselves unnecessarily and yeah. you know classifying that as gluttony and I don't yeah I'm right with you. I don't really think that's yeah. what gluttony's about. Well I think,
0: go ahead. Yeah I'm sorry that that just reminded me I don't know if you heard of that that they did this like experiment and they asked a different each country like when you think of a chocolate cake what do you think of and a, mm-hmm. a bunch of European countries are like oh celebration like a birthday or you know, this or that. And Americans, what did we say? We said, Oh, bad, you know, guilt, yeah, yeah, shame. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my gosh, that was not, that was not God's intention when he created delicious food for right. us to enjoy was for us to feel guilty about it. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, and I,
1: I did this in a, in a meme on Instagram. I think I'm going to post it again. I don't know. You might've already seen it if, by the time this episode's there, cause I probably did post it again. Um, but, you know, like if if the enemy can use a cookie to take me out, like how, yeah. how ridiculous is that? But let me let I me fill know. that out for someone that's, that's maybe not familiar thing. with that language. But like, if all it takes is a cookie or a donut or like it's Girl Scout cookie season around here, whilst we're recording is it, this, right? Is it it, it, they're they're in the Girl Scout cookies are in, and there's a new oh, kind with like timeline. caramel and chocolate. Um, <laughs> anyway, okay. advertisement for the Girl Scouts, apparently. <laughs> but this show's sponsored by Girl Scout yeah. cookies. Um, <laughs> But, but, you know, if all it takes is a cookie and I see the cookie mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I really want the cookie. Oh, but I'm doing this thing. I'm trying not to eat the cookies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I can't eat the cookies. Cause the cookies are going to make me fat. Right. That's how mm-hmm. the mind goes. Right. And then, oh, and I am obsessing over the cookie all day long.
0: Right. Like
1: all, you're thinking about it right all day the, long, all day long.
0: Like the enemy has taken me out for that day. Yeah. And think about what Philippians says, right? Think about all those things, all things that are good and righteous and pure, right? I mean, we are supposed to be, our hearts are supposed to be aligned with God, right? And we're supposed to be in this intimate conversation with him all day. And yet he just, the enemy just totally derailed you with, from a, from a freaking cookie, from a cookie all day long. Mm -hmm. thinking about the cookie and you know and then and
1: then it escalates right because after all day long thinking about the cookie chances are you're either going to do what I used to do is eat all the things and then eat the cookie right or maybe you're better than better than I am yeah and you'll just eat the cookie but you won't just eat one cookie like you'll eat all the cookies um Mm And and then you then that escalates to when well, I feel guilty because I didn't have any you used the word earlier I didn't yeah. have any willpower right mm-hmm. like I couldn't control myself and I I hate this but I've heard Christians like cat like they use self control for willpower like interchangeably mm-hmm. and it kind of like yeah. creeps me out a little bit and I'm not really sure how yeah. to how to address that in the oh, moment that's a good
0: point but yeah. like
1: oh well yes we do need self control but I don't think that you
0: can. Like put that onto your diet, but well, and <laughs> like what I said is like there's self control, but then there's also like you can't outsmart your biology, right? And like God gave you those cravings, like not to be ignored, but to be honored. And the thing is, if you would have just ate the cookie, you would have ate the cookie and moved on, right? And to right. the next thing that, right? The next part of your day, to you know,
1: which which is why. So to take this full circle, which is why the fear of fat is so damaging right because we don't eat the cookie because we're afraid the cookie's going to make us fat because that's what we've been told and and then we end up eating like all the cookies or we eat the cookie every day because we're obsessing over the cookie instead of just eating the cookie, being satisfied, like, Oh, I ate the cookie. Okay. I can go on with my life. Mm -hmm. Right. Then the cookie like is elevated from just being food to being like the thing that we're thinking about more than anything in our lives. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and then it, it ties in to, you know, how we get down the road of diets and all those things, Mm -hmm. but you also use the word and I've used this and I realized, I don't know that I've ever stopped and had it explained for my audience
0: diet culture. Uh
1: So when someone says diet culture, can you kind of fill that out? What does that mean?
0: Yeah. Diet culture that, so diet culture is all around us. It's, it's, um, essentially the culture that tells us that you, need to be dieting to look a certain way so that you can fit into our world. And, and it also, it, it goes by the name of health, right? I don't think I don't, right. I don't think everyone in diet culture is evil or, Mm -hmm. you know, bad. Um, they are just buying into this idea that is false, that you have to lose weight in order to be healthy. Um, and you know, I think a lot of people in diet culture are are very loving, caring people that genuinely really care about people and their health. Um, and they just haven't had the same journey that you and I have had, where they've maybe, um, you know, read the research or looked at the tools, seen the tools, or, you know, I have the privilege of seeing um, people experience diet culture and have it go horribly wrong almost every single day, you know, and, and so do you. So it's, it's um it's not that it's it's all bad but it i i truly believe the enemy is behind it because i think that right the enemy wants to come to steal kill and destroy and diet culture is i mean it might sound extreme but when you look at eating disorders and how deadly of a mental illness it is it's not far off to say that that's right. the the enemy's plan behind using diet culture to just bring, bring us all down. So yeah, diet culture is that marketing of, um, you know, the marketing you see for weight loss programs and just, um, the fat talk. So, you know, talking about food being bad and good and black, you know, black and white talking about losing weight, fitting into certain clothes or, you know, talking about our bodies poorly, um, talking about someone else's body and praising it, you know all of that stuff is diet culture and, and and it might sound harmless you know it might sound harmless to say, Hey, you know, Heather, you look really good, you look really thin like have you lost weight like that seems harmless, right mm-hmm. but you know I mean your readers know your story you' if you've recovered from an eating disorder, that's extremely extremely damaging for someone right, right? because it mm-hmm. sends them down a spiral of oh if I've lost weight, then I look better this way. I cannot gain any weight. Right? right. Right. So there's a lot, a lot of layers of diet culture, but it is, it is damaging at the end of the day. Absolutely. Well,
1: and I mean, I think, you know, now it's, it's like we said, it's health, Right, mm-hmm. disguised as health, right, and, and yeah. the well, wellness culture, mm-hmm. right. Like oh, I don't, don't want to be thin. Yeah. I just want to be well. I just want to be my best, healthiest yeah. self. And how can that be bad? But you know, it's interesting. I did a couple shows on control, and you know, there is such so intricately tied in, right? Because I think part of the reason why we want or, or we pursue that optimal health, right, is because we think we have control of our health through everything we eat and our activities Mm -hmm. and you know the science doesn't show that right but that's what what we've been told right Mm -hmm. so like according to what we believe from diet culture if you are a clean eater who exercises the exact right way whatever the right way of the season is Mm -hmm. right like then you should never get any disease and right. yet I know you've had clients. I mean, I've had clients where they're just like, I don't know how this happened <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because I did everything right. Mm-hmm. And it's heartbreaking when you have to come to that point where you're like, nope, you weren't in control of that either. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, so that's, that's a, a complicated thing, yeah. but this, this fear of fat. Okay. So So, yes, there's the health layer, and diet culture is telling us that that's the healthy way to go. And there, Mm -hmm. I mean, y'all, look this up for yourself. You can check out the Health at Every Size book. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I know someone out there, can I go to the yucky place for just a second before we go to the other side? Like, uh, someone out there is saying, you cannot actually be saying that someone who has 150 pounds to lose Mm -hmm. is healthy at their size and should stay that way and not do anything. You can't be saying that. So, Nicole, just respond to that someone's yes. thinking it.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's um, yeah. So health at every size does not mean healthy at every size. It means that health is achievable no matter what your size is. So that person that does have, you know, X pounds to lose um, you know, that their doctor is telling them um, in order to be healthy, I believe. And the research shows us that if that person um makes changes in their life. Um, maybe they start exercising. Maybe they um, uh, stop eating as much fast food and they start cooking more at home. Um, maybe they stop smoking. Um, maybe they um you know get more sleep. Um, maybe they stop drinking as much alcohol and um you know that person can do all of those things. And stay the same weight, but still improve their health. Mm-hmm. And, and we see that we see that happen with people. And the reason why, and you know, there's that person thinking, well, why wouldn't they lose weight? And our bodies, when they get to this, when they're at a genetic set point, you know, look at the set point theory. Mm-hmm. If you're at a, your genetic set point, it is very, very hard to waver from that set point. And some people's set point can, you know, be, you know, within 20 pounds, right? It, you and I set points are different and I might, you know, it might throughout our lives. It might waver between 20 pounds. Right. But we're going to find our way back to that set point. And your body always finds its way back to that set point, no matter what changes you are making in, in your life.
1: Hey friends, my next round of group coaching is going to begin on April the 4th. It's a six week commitment. You'll have one personal one-on-one time with me, and then you'll have four sessions with a group, a small group, five women at the very most. I normally like to keep them at four. And then you'll do that for four weeks in a row, and then we'll have one exit session And friends, as I look through what's happened in my coaching over the last couple of years, my clients who have been a part of group coaching are still having the best results because there is something about going through coaching with other people. Now, don't get me wrong. I love one-on-one coaching. There is tremendous value to be able to dig into your specific issues in every session. I think that's amazing and my one-on-one clients are having good results as well, but there is something special about being connected and going on a journey with a group of women in community. And what's been really fun to see is how these communities that I've developed through group coaching sometimes continue after the coaching is over. And these women are still connecting and still texting and, and still reaching out when they have a bad day and encouraging each other. So if you're interested in group coaching, go to compare to me slash coaching. Today, you can find out more. As I said, the group will start in April, but I expect this to be filled up by mid-March. So go ahead and grab your spot today. I have a limited number of spots available. If you have any questions, you can grab one of those 10-minute coaching calls with me or just send me an email, heather at compared to who.me. I hope to see you in my next coaching group. which answers really the question of every 40 over 40 year old person's complaint. Right. Like I just can't lose weight anymore. I just, Mm -hmm. I can't do it. I'm doing all the same things I did in my twenties and it won't, -hmm. it won't come off. It's
0: like, yes, that's, that's why. And it's like (laughs) such a brilliant design. Like it's, I'm like, God, you are so brilliant that you just designed our metabolism to slow down so that when we get older and we are facing these diseases, which, Many of them are inevitable, Mm -hmm. you know, many of them are inevitable, like we don't have control over a lot of diseases like cancer and Alzheimer's and things like that. And I want to, I want to be able to be at a healthy weight, which means, from the research being maybe being in a larger body at that time so that when those diseases hit me, I can live longer. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. like, God's was so genius to design Mm -hmm. it that way. And the more we fight our metabolism, the worse it makes our metabolism and the, the, it just, it makes it not work. Our metabolism just stops working.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's it's mind blowing if you can weed through all the messages you've heard your entire life <laughs> from diet yeah. culture, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's hard.
0: It's hard. It's yeah. Um, and that's I, what the kingdom of God is, right? What's right. up is what's up is down, and what's down is up. A- absolutely. And so, so mm-hmm. let's kind of go there next, you know, as we kind
1: of close up, because I, the other side of this is we say we want to be healthy. Right. That's the easy answer. Like, I just, I didn't want to lose weight because I want to be healthy. But I think underneath that are layers of, I just want to be accepted. Exactly. Like, I just want to feel. I don't know if the word is normal. Maybe someone would use that word, but I just, I want to feel like I fit in. Mm -hmm. I want to feel like I'm lovable because all of the marketing messages tell me, unless I look like her or her, or her, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be worthy of love. Uh, You know, I, all of these things. And I mean, it's, it's anecdotally like not true. Like we, right. we know, like, I remember I was single until I was 31. And I remember through my twenties, like just believing, chasing the lie that I needed to be skinnier if I was ever mm-hmm. going to get married. But then I would right. like watch women get married that were three or four sizes bigger than me. Totally. And it would mm-hmm. rattle my dichotomy, right? Like, wait a second, I should, I'm skinnier, I, you know, but that's like, that's actually not <laughs> true at all. But it no. was, it was this lie I held up in my head and lived by and then I kind of had my own little wrestling with God like okay God I got to the weight now where's the man right. <laughs> you know God's mm-hmm. like that's never anything I set up for you mother. <laughs> like what? <laughs>
0: what kind of rules right. are you
1: making for yourself right
0: um but we've but all like, done that right? yeah like, but mm-hmm. we
1: do that right because we we think uh, well and uh, diet culture's promised us right they've it's promised it's like the <laughs> (laughs) I use the illustration of the biggest loser all the time when I, when I speak, but it's like, it's the heaven and hell, right? Like you're in hell. If you're not wearing the size that you want to be. And then if you can like find the right diet and the right trainer and stuff, then you'll be in heaven. Once Mm -hmm. you lose the weight and then you can have cute before and after pictures on Instagram and everyone will be like, Oh, you look so good. Oh girl, what are you doing? Please tell me about your diet. And hopefully you're in an MLM. So after you do that, like you'll get money when they sign up for your diet. And I'm, I'm being a little crass here, but it kind. Has to happen. (laughs) Someone's got to call it out, right? Someone needs um, to go there. Yeah. (laughs) But but so, how do you? How do you help, Nicole? Like what? Yeah. Like what? I come in and I, I, I was, I was the after. Now I'm back to the before, (laughs) and I'm feeling Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty
0: frustrated. Mm -hmm. How do you help me? Yeah, yeah, and a, a exercise that I do a lot with clients because um, we do a lot of you know body image work and things like that is, and they always tell me I'm like what you just said I'm I can't be happy I can't get what I want in life if I'm not if I'm fat I can't, and I always ask them Well, do you know anyone who's in a large body or who's fat who is you know, married or has, has a life that you want, you know, not everyone is going to get married or wants to get married. That's their calling. You know, do you have, do you know anyone who's successful in their career? You know, do you know anyone that is, you know, successful as a pastor, you know, those types Mm -hmm. of, those types of things. And they, um, they're always, you know, like, well, yeah, I'm like, okay, well, why, why can they do it? But you can't, right? Because Uh, there there's always those people that are, you know, they, they can, nothing is out of reach because of your body size, because of the God that we serve. Mm -hmm. Right. And you want to be aligned with someone, you know, if you choose to get married, you want to be aligned with someone that is going to love you for your heart, you know, as the, as cliche as it sounds, Mm -hmm. right. You know who would want to marry with someone that is only marrying them because of a body size, anyways? Right, right. Yeah, that's not a marriage that's probably going to last because we all right. age. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, like the Bible says, like, looks are looks are fleeting. Right. You right. know, and and are deceiving. You know. So, yeah. So, so yeah. So there's that, and then just reading what the Bible says about about our physical appearance, right. It, it really doesn't talk about it much. And when it does, it always, it always is saying that to, to not be focused on it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, it says we're fearfully and wonderfully made, you know, Mm -hmm. don't conform to societal standards, you know, um, food and drink are a gift from God, you know, don't worry about what you're going to eat or, you know, things like that. Like all of those verses are just, perfect examples of just how God um loves us unconditionally and it doesn't it doesn't there's no condition about our body size right
1: right and i so just as you're saying that i was like and how many times i was So I've heard the rumor that fear not is in the Bible 365 times. And then Mm -hmm. I've also heard that that wasn't true. So I don't exactly know the number, but it's a bunch of times Mm -hmm. that the Bible tells us not to fear. And the verse I pulled up just a second ago is fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, You know, we have to be intellectually honest with ourselves, right? Like, we can't just be like, oh, I'm not afraid. I'm Mm -hmm. afraid, right? (laughs) Right? But at the end of the day, the command is not be thin. The command is fear
0: not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I know. And I think, you know, as I was just listening to you talk about that, I was thinking about how, you know, just an example like, okay, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. And we are the most unchurched area in the whole nation. Like people literally come on missions to San Francisco, <laughs> and um, I mean it's it's just crazy. And it, I mean, you guys, well, everyone laughs at us now. Like we're kind of the laughing stock of the you know the whole the whole nation. People are fleeing to Texas all the time. So you know, I it it's hard. It is hard to live here. It's very hard. And if I'm not taking up my cross every single day Mm -hmm. and surrendering myself and my life and reading the word Mm -hmm. daily and praying daily and being in community, and um, it would be so easy for me to be swept away. So easy. I mean, so easy. And I would say the same person, the same thing to someone who is struggling with the fear of being fat. Mm -hmm. right? You cannot do this alone. Mm -hmm. It's everywhere. The pressure is everywhere. You can't move away from it. You cannot hide from it. You know, it's, it's going to try to find you even Mm -hmm. as a non-diet registered dietitian. I'm not immune to it. It's everywhere around me. Still. I have friends on Instagram who, you know, do those MLMs that Mm -hmm. I still love. And, but I'm like, every so often I'm like, we like, you have to catch yourself. Right. And so Absolutely. what I'm telling, ta- what I would tell you, if, if you're one of those people and you're afraid of, of fat and you are seeing all the messages around you to just keep digging in you and reeling into yes, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid, diet, lose weight you need to find just take up your cross just like you would with your Christian walk right yeah. find those resources that you know that you and I both you know provide um you know like our my bible study and devotional and and your wonderful books that you've written and all of the resources that you have and and find you know community find friends that are also like pursuing this too. And if it doesn't exist, start it, you know, yeah. start that and start that community. And, and if you feel like you need, you know, professional help, like get a therapist who's trained, who's a high hazel therapist. That's what you want to look for and, and find a dietitian who's a hazel dietitian, you know? And so, um, cause you really, you can't do it alone because we're all, we're all walking in the, in the wilderness. Right. And we all have to surrender ourselves to, to God and to his calling. And we can't do that alone. Yeah. Amen.
1: Okay. Nicole, tell everyone about your course and the diet detox book and anything else you want to offer.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, so I have a, a Bible study called food freedom Bible study. It's, um, an individual online study. It's, um, very inexpensive. It's, you know, $37. It's, um, just takes a few weeks to do. And, um, and yeah, well, it's got videos, workbooks. You're going to love it. People, you know, people really like it. And, um, and it re- has really helped a lot of people. There's a, a Facebook community on it. And, um, and yeah, so it's, it's a really great course. It takes you through um, kind of the things that you and I are talking about, but on a deeper level. Um, and then our Devotional diet detox. So, a 30 day devotional to ditching diets and claiming Christ's love. Find that on Amazon or our website. But it's just, I always tell people like, I mean, I have this in my like quiet time, um, like basket of like, you know, because I'm kind of a devotional junkie. I don't okay. know if you are, but like, <laughs> you know, I will feel be filling one for a while. And then I will want to switch to another one, just depending on the season of life that I'm mm-hmm. in. And, you know, like I said, I'm not immune to diet culture. Like I have bad body image days too. Um, and so I will switch this one in regularly and I'll just, I'll read it and, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's helpful to me too. And I hope to write it. So um, yeah, I think it's, it's just a really good resource and it's a great one to go through with a Bible study or with your friends or in conjunction with our course. So, um, awesome. So, yeah. And your website is body be Loved, So B O D Y B L O V E D.com. So yeah, we have a ton of blogs and, um, just other resources and, um, and things like that, and um, yeah, you, we just—you sent me a cute shirt, which I don't have on today because yeah. it's winter. But <laughs> uh, yeah. do you sell those shirts on there too? Yeah, we do. Still have those. Yeah, yeah they're mm-hmm. super cute. So yeah, you want to check like those out? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's
1: awesome. And then, are you seeing clients virtually? I you, am still yeah. some- Okay, yeah. so mostly could- just
0: California because of our okay. the way our licensing works. But yeah, oh, okay, okay, mostly just California clients and. Yeah, lim- limited availability, but yeah. Okay, okay. California so if and you're looking for someone, and they can and find I you through Body Be Love to connect people. I mean, I know great dietitians in California, outside of California, that are faith based too. So awesome, awesome, Nicole. Yeah. Thanks so much for
1: thank you so being much on the show and participating in this important conversation. So thank, thank you,
0: you, thank you,
1: and thank you for watching or for listening today. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Hey there, before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to compare whome slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at compared whome check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can take the free body image quiz. You can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration, and I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey.
0: I found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums, kind of contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Ant. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend in my new podcast, Billy and the Goat. I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you
1: get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.